What's up, y'all? Chris Belmont here, and I'm excited. Can you hear it in my voice? I'm really excited. Anyway, I'm excited about this podcast we have coming up right here about mixing and mastering and busting some of the myths around mixing and mastering and why is it important to you as an artist. Uh, we talked to my man, Kyron Montero. Uh, he really is a partner of ours. He's a part of our pretty much our chain uh, when it comes to from all the way from production mix uh, recording all the way down to mastering. He handles the mastering part. And we get into it with him and we chop it up and talk about some of the myths surrounding mixing and mastering. And we chill with the interns and we just talk some stuff uh, about what we, we're talking about. In the beginning of the podcast, we had a little bit of technical difficulty, but you can still hear my mic in there. And we, we just wanted to leave it because we just had fun talking about what we did. But yep, we hope you love this show. Share it. Remember to follow us on all social media at Jarrockin. Peace. Yes, yes, we are. Yes. It's a vibe, but wonder, she's not I here. wonder, yeah, it's a vibe in the building. I wonder when that, like, um, in the building's gonna go out of style. That's been around. It's gonna get old? No, because this is the, the, like, we just started, like, making a joke out of it, I feel like. Because that's, like, we never really talked about it before, like, a few weeks ago. Yeah. We just picked up on it, though. Like, <laughs> we're like, you realize that Chris always says we're in the building? Oh, y'all yeah, talking about me. Yeah, yeah you see, yeah, like, you saying, like, the joke of the old, ongoing, bro. yeah, the running <laughs> gag of us saying that. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. That's crazy. Man. Yeah, like every podcast is like, yo, we out here. We I in feel the like building. it's going to get like a Fetty Wap treatment. It's going to die out eventually. Die, yeah. I'm going to kill it because I'm going to say it so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tired of it. yeah. We in the building, though. Yeah, y'all making fun of me. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can't. We know that we can't kill Sam's like talk because she she has too many like phrases that she says. It's a vibe. Yeah, it's a yeah. vibe. It's a vibe. Love me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, Sam. Shout out to Trap Lord Sam. Anyway, this is the Artist Development Podcast. So. What's up, guys? This is Chris Belmont here, and this is intern number one. Greetings. Hello. Intern number two. He's Hello. Not here. No, two is here, yeah. Intern number three is not here, and intern number four is here, the demoted one. Yeah. <laughs> the misfit. We, we go from ideas to, to reality. reality. Here we go. All to right. reality. We in here. Reality. So, see? I just did it again. Yeah. <laughs> we, we in here. Yeah. It's, I guess it's kind of like my way of, uh, I guess, just setting my brain up and introducing stuff, you know? Um, but uh, yeah, man, I just been saying that forever. I'm old. When you get old, you just kind of say the same. <laughs> it's like when I was younger, like uh, like the people that was in the '70s, like their their time was the '70s. It'd be like, oh, you jive turkey. Yeah, ooh, that was deep. That's deep. <laughs> That's deep. That's that is deep. deep. Like y'all don't even know like what oh, yeah. jive turkey is. I mean, we already kind of starting to see like stuff that we used to say a long time ago start to die out. Like, yeah. mm -hmm. like especially now with like social media, like things die out yeah. pretty quick. Yeah, oh yeah. Things the cycle is way faster with social media. Yeah. yeah, we we never had anything like that. I actually you could actually track certain slang words <laughs> and where they came from oh, no, back now, then. No. Now you can't. Like things just happen out of nowhere. And like they, there's so much slang that happens. Like even in my bag, it's been out for years. Yeah. But I just caught wind of it last year. To be honest. Finn is actually a, like Finn has been around forever. That's a, like, that's a, actual, a southern thing. Capping, capping is the southern thing too, but, but I never, cap, New York, capping is, is cap, I never, yeah, it's like, like fronting or, yeah, 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 yeah. I like no cap. cap is like dead serious, yeah, yeah. for New York, <laughs> that ain't something that we, yeah. we say, it's, it's, it's new, they, they starting to abuse it, yeah, I tell you, I, I'm so old, bro, I actually remember when my bad started, Whoa. I remember that slam, when my bad started, <laughs> really, yeah, that was in the Bronx, really? yeah, and when he's like, yo, that's hot, I haven't seen that's the world. Like, I remember there was these exist. Bronx kids I worked with that was like, they were talking about like, yo, they just started saying it. They was at a party and they started, the people just started saying it. Yo, that's hot. That's hot. I'm like, yo, that's hot. Yeah, I'm gonna start saying it. For us now, it's just like. Yeah, that's, yo. But it was like, that was like, uh, like the 90s, bro. That was like, like 90. My bad is how I apologize, oh. for real. Like, exactly. I, I, it's hard. Yeah. I, sorry, nah, my bad. It was bad. a world without it, bro. <laughs> it was a world without it. What did you say? Like, my apology. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My apology. <laughs> Like I'm sorry. My um, bad is sincere. Like that's that's really yeah, like. <laughs> yeah, my bad is yeah, it's home. The words are important, bro. Like words, like the association that words have with your heart and with your mind, yo, is is deeper than you think, man. Like it's 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 amazing that we just started talking about this because it's not even something we plan to talk about. Bro. We were just we were talking about it before. Oh, right? yeah. Um, with the these these vines that like they come out and then every time for like a year and then yeah, yeah, forget. Yeah. Like, we're talking about how like back in like four years ago with the mm -hmm. 21 yeah, stuff yeah. 
21. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not... Yeah. When's the last that's, time you heard that? Yeah. Yeah, not a minute. Like, that's funny, yo. I, I was in a set. <laughs> it's funny, those vines get you through sessions, too, man. Like, just making fun <laughs> of stuff like that, you know? Because, like, Gotti, like, yeah, that, yeah, that one exactly. got me through so much sessions. Yeah, we were <laughs> That was, like, two or three years ago. Yeah, yeah. like, yeah. It's crazy how that, those internet sensations, people become... And then the dude, the, the old dude that cries... <laughs> when I first saw that yeah. one, <laughs> like yo, man, it's crazy how culture moves so fast through social media, man. It's it's ridiculous, man. But anyway, we out here, we out here in the building, Brooklyn, New York. Yes, I ain't gonna say it. I'm gonna be very cognizant. <laughs> oh, he's gonna say, start saying we out here now. Yeah, no, I just wanna say I say that a lot when I'm playing 2K. No, we we, we out, here. out here, we out here. Like before the game starts, I do that when I accomplish we something. Like we're out here, bro. I do that all the time. That's right. yeah. We out here, like respect us, like yeah. fear us. We about to play you. That's that's what I said. Now is where we landing, cause with Fortnite and PUBG and all this stuff. Oh, where where, landing, where we landing? Yeah, that's right. And I ain't a Fortnite dude, man. I be hating on Fortnite because it took all my 2K friends, bro. I'm far from a Fortnite yeah. dude. Yeah. Let's not talk about video games. Sam's not here to stop us. Oh yeah, nah. We we got free reign. Sam Sam can't dominate it. Yeah. Cause the type of stuff she likes is like that really nerdy stuff like that stuff like the nobody knows about like she's gonna call you out on this when she hears this <laughs> anime 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 like trap lord sam is an enigma yo enigma. she's like tell me what i am chris you look at her instagram and you're like oh she an insta honey hell no she's a nerd oh no like she's a straight nerd like it's it's funny when i met her bro because she's does not look like what she actually and then she's running recording sessions the fu- yo, the crazy I think one, Enigma is the best word to Enigma describe it. Yeah, yeah that probably should be her new name. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Enigma. Because there's been so many times, um, sometimes she's known this and sometimes she hasn't known this, where I've had to, like, explain the artist, like, no, she's, she, no, no, she's the act, no, she's the engineer. Oh, no, 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 she's the engineer. <laughs> and she does vocal production. No, 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 she's not the intern. She's an engineer. <laughs> like, I have to explain it. Like, like she's like, doing this. Like, she's yeah, no, doing she's your, gonna, she's doing your session. Yes. Like, and I'm leaving. Yeah. So she, yeah. I'm not gonna be here. This is happening. This is happening. And they're like, yo, there's one, there's one artist, yo, obviously remain nameless. That was just like, he got scared. Oh my god. Like he got literally, legitimately scared. Like, yo, you gonna leave me with her? I'm like, yeah, dog. Like she, she knows how to. I'm sure. I'm sure. Knowing her, it was fuel for her. It was motivation. Oh, like yeah. she was like, she I'm rises good. to the occasion. Uh-huh. Like when she knows, like somebody's counting her out. She's. <laughs> that's why I can relate to her so much because I'm like yeah. I, I'm a white guy I say the w- words like rad and stuff like that oh, and so I white TV totally. I, I watch white TV shows all the time <laughs> but I also can rap and I listen to like any kind of music from trap to jazz like you know it's I just love it. are, uh-huh. I, I love enigmas man I managed a Korean girl that rapped <laughs> for 10 years uh-huh. you know what I'm saying like um, so I'm I'm all with it man I'm all I listen to, there's a major part of my youth where I listened to only rock music yeah you know because I was rebelling against my surroundings Uh, I didn't want to be like the people around me that love hip-hop so I just was you know the funny thing a hip-hop record got me into like rock songs um this is probably like y'all know this song because I have the internet but um uh Onyx Slam I know that song man yeah let the boys be boys. They looking at me crazy. No, I, I, yeah, I, I heard. I don't know like the whole title and everything, but I know that song. Oh, there's another one. There's another one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Standing in my b-boy stand. Anyway, it was actually in 2K, like uh, last year or the year before. I'm not sure, but that's probably the only way anybody would know it. Uh. But um, yeah, that song. We was the mosh mm-hmm. to that song, man. Me and my friends. We, we would literally get on my bed and then just jump on the wow. bed and just slam into each other. <laughs> <laughs> and just like, y'all can't see what I'm doing, but it's like, I wish you did, because you could see what he was doing. He's just he's like slapping his hands together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's exactly what my childhood was That's like. cool, though. Yeah. But but speaking, of, speaking of enigmas, I think we need more like enigmas in hip hop, to be honest. Oh, like, people like, yeah. I, I'm not even trying to blow smoke up my, you know what, but yeah. like, me and like people like Sam and, you know, just yeah. people that like just break boundaries. Reason, you know, yeah. I think there's I mean, need more people like that. Now, I feel like the quote unquote nerds are like running it right now, though. Yeah. Like, if you, if you the people you consider a nerd, like, yeah. you know, what I mean, like Travis Scott, like, like people you wouldn't really like yeah. the weird ones, they they killing right yeah, now. They're not, they're not, they're not gangsters. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah, not nah, it's no more gangsters like that. They, they, but you know what it is? I have a, I have some thoughts as to why nerds are winning in general in our culture is because we're in the information age, like, this age. Like, the age that I was, like, literally a baby in was more of, like, yo, you work hard, get a good job, 
you know, um, that was the age. It was the age of work and, and, and more of the industry was more built on oil and things like that. Now it's the internet, like information. Like there's people in this world that make a, a whole lot of money and don't do much all day. They're just home. That's a dream. YouTubers. That they fall in that category. Streamers. Mm -hmm. People that create apps. Video, game, video games. Tech tech billionaires. Yeah. Like there's people that in this world, they're the rock stars. They're cool. But they're really not cool. They're nerds. They're they they're yeah. socially awkward. They just <laughs> very knowledgeable of things, but their knowledge and their see back in the days before the internet and before these technological advances have taken over our lives. They, you never saw them. They were in a lab somewhere, or they were behind a desk, and nobody even knew what they did. Now you got people like Neil deGrasse Tyson is a rock star. Like uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, you know Neil deGrasse yeah, Tyson, yeah, yeah. The black dude that you know is the director of the Hayden Planetarium in New York. He's a he's a um, he's a uh, astronaut astrology physicist, and um, he's a rock star because we have information and we like information and people with information we value them and we boost them up so now now imagine somebody in hip-hop that's thoughtful somebody in hip-hop that yeah. knows things somebody in hip-hop that's insightful somebody in hip-hop that can rap but also can do a dope interview you know the jay coles of the world like you said mm -hmm. travis scott to the world you know people like the kendrick lamars of the world for sure yeah. you know what i'm saying like these are people chance the rappers that you actually talk to them and they're they're not like ignorant talk mm -hmm. like they actually they actually sound like yo they actually got sense you know right. what i'm saying and then even in other areas like sports like lebron james you know kobe bryant people like that you know kyrie you know people that you know even steph curry people that just got like they got smarts you know what i'm saying yeah, like they're inspiring they're inspiring human beings along with being inspiring in their craft you absolutely know? and and that's the norm and and I, and I think that in music and especially in hip-hop culture um we have now allowed space for it which is great i think it's great and you know and i think this is the season for enigmas there's a season for people that are different people that have a different take on things you know there's always a positive and negative to it yeah you know, of course you're gonna have you know what you said who, who are i looking at little windex in here little windex yeah somebody i was one of the interns <laughs> i wasn't here but that's funny. i, think was, I, I have no idea about. what you're talking about i know who you're talking about yeah Lil windex. <laughs> yeah i think he's a he's a parody though he's a comedian i think Sounds like it. I don't think he's so that's, that's winning a lot of platinum records. All this change is Lil Windex. That's yeah. funny. Um, I I'm surprised I don't know who Lil Windex is. Uh, you ain't seen the video? He better be a comedic rapper. It better be. If it's serious. I, I don't I see Trippie Lil Windex topping the charts and you know getting diamond records. I thought so. Trippie Red was a joke. Mm. I, I thought six nine was Tikashi was a joke. Yeah, I thought six nine. I still think it's a joke. Well, he acts like one. But now, now it's just like. He's got that Spanish from, song. He's got a good track record, but he just, he acts like a joke. It know? went it went from um, it went from me thinking he was in on the joke to like oh no he's not like he's serious <laughs> and I still think he's a joke. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He, he dropped that Spanish song though. Everybody wanted to feature him. He's doing well because he's got his. Oh, his yeah. It's his time. It's his time to to kind of do his thing. But I'll, I'll say I said it in one podcast. I'll say it again. Once he's once it starts dying out, he's got to stop doing it because yeah. he's gonna have he's gonna have that you know downfall, and I don't want him to have it because he's had a good run. Yeah. But it's you know no matter how you feel about him, just like the numbers don't lie. Yeah. But sooner or later, it's gonna be there's gonna be one someone a, a new Takashi Six Nine or Six Nine whatever you want to call him that comes along, and it's it's not gonna be. That's him the anymore. thing with me, man. It's like I see these cycles coming on, and Fetty. Yeah, well, Fetty Wap. He was he was a cycle. That's gone. Yeah. I actually he... thought Fetty was. Actually talented, to be honest with you. Yeah, but now he's dead. He's dead now. Yeah. What happened then? Not really dead, but like music-wise, yeah. Well, you know, I don't know what happened with it. We have to do the research on that. But I, I think I have an idea what happened. It's just that he was never able to reproduce what he was got hot off of. You know, he wasn't able to actually completely reproduce it. Like. I think he was talented, but I don't, for some reason, somewhere along the way, the way he makes music, which something changed because it just wasn't as hot anymore. It became a gimmick after a while. You know, Trap Queen was just like he create. He made way for um, your boy um, Post Malone. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. Post Malone's got the same vibrato. That's true. Think about it. Yeah. Different vibe, but yeah, babe. You know what I'm saying? And Post Malone got the same vibrato. Mm -hmm. You know, same thing. But the thing is with Post Malone is that Post Malone is making dope music. Like the songs, the songs are actually charting. 
With Fetty, he had those couple records and that was it. Like he wasn't able to duplicate the success. It couldn't. It can't just be a gimmick. You can't just do what you're good at and think that's gonna be. Mm -hmm. You actually still have to do what you're good at in the medium of music making. Yeah. Yeah. And it sucks that he became, um, he kind of became like one of those benchmark flash in the pan one hit wonder rappers like yeah. uh, Vanilla Ice or, you know, like Soldier Boy. Like I'll say, um, you know, like when I'll be talking to my friends, it's like, oh, that guy died like Fetty Wap died or it's like or yeah. Vanilla Ice or something. Like he's one of those guys now. He's in that group. Because yeah. I, I saw something in him. Because I saw a few tracks. Like there was like three that I can remember. I think it's the three that everybody remember. I'm not going to, I think it's like Trap Queen, My Way. That's another one. Oh, uh, yeah, six, uh, I don't even know about that one. But six, seven, nine, I think it's called. It was like some number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had three of them that were really dope. Yeah. And then just out of nowhere, yeah. it was like nothing. Crickets. You so. never know, man. Like, I don't really claim to know what happened, but, you know, just from my experience with working with artists, like, it could be anything, bro. It could mm -hmm. be the team, you know, yeah. you know, money issues, whatever, situations, and A&R, you know, whatever it is. Like, the whole team is important, you know, and who's there and who's not, you know, that, that, that stuff is important. But uh, let's get into what we want to talk about today. Um, we are going to tackle the mysterious issue around mixing and mastering. Uh, dun, dun, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> mixing and mastering is one of the most mysterious phases of the production process. And we're going to get into it in a little bit. All right, y'all, so we're here, we're back. We're here with uh, one of my good friends all the way from the Midwest. I don't know what you want, if you want to say where you're from. You don't want people coming and find you. You know what I'm saying? You know, we got a family, we got kids, but my man, Kyron Montanero, what's up, bro? Yes. We're good, we're good. Yeah, that's Montero. Montero. So I've been, how long I've been working with you? Oh, we've been working together like three and a half years. And I still don't know how to say your name. I still, yeah, that's all right, man. So, a lot of people don't know how to say my last name. Yeah. So yeah, shout out, shout out your company, bro. Uh, yeah. So I'm I'm Kyron Montero. Uh, my company is called Engage Records. It has been a music company since 2006, 2007. Uh, started out as a traditional record label, and then kind of grew into just like a multifaceted music company. So. You got the process of being revamped, but but then in front of the company for the last few years. Yeah, mixing the master. Yeah, so a little bit of history between uh, Kyren and myself. Um, so basically, um, Kyren is a part of our team. Um, he does have his own company, but he is the mastering side of our team. So. When you mix records with us, you produce records with us, you record records with us, and you need it to be mixed and mastered, Kyren is the man that does it. Uh, he is that guy. You know, he's currently on a road trip with his family, and I wanted him to call in to the show and talk a little bit about mixing and mastering and the myths surrounding it and things like that, and how we can talk a little bit about, like, break some of those myths down a little bit and kind of like answer some questions for a lot of the artists that are starting out and things like that. Uh, so basically, man, um, the, the question is, is that, man, like, what is mixing and what is mastering? Um, I guess what I, would, what I would do is that I'll start first and I'll talk okay. about mixing and then you can talk about mastering okay. real quick, all right? So, okay. so basically, yeah, man, um, in, my, in, in my travels, I've I've kind of come up with this uh, analogy, and you know those that know me well or have listened to older podcasts have heard it before. I call it the cake making analogy, and the way I look at it is like when you record your record, you're going to the grocery store, you're getting all the ingredients for your cake, and you're putting it on the table. You're putting it in your kitchen, right? That's the recording. You you record it in your door, and now it's in the kitchen. Mixing the record is actually the process um, of making the actual cake. So what you have your eggs you have your milk you have the butter you have your sugar whatever it is that you use to make a cake and you pretty much make sure you have the right quantities of those ingredients and then you actually stir it which is actually what's called mixing right so when you actually record the songs like the vocals the music the um 
the backgrounds, any type of instrumentals, whatever it is, live instruments, all that stuff is being stirred in a pot by the mix engineer. He's deciding or she's deciding how much of what gets uh, uh, put into the cake, right? So uh, I'm gonna turn it over to you. So mastering to me is, you know, you actually baking that cake, but I'm actually, I'll turn it over to you, Kyren, and you describe from your perspective what mastering is to you. You know, um, so mastering to me is, so like you said, mixing is, you, you, you do the recording process, you do, you do, you do the mixing process. Mastering is kind of like, some people describe it as the Photoshop or the audio world, but it's, it's really that one last, last stop to take your, your, your record in the, in the individual level. In yeah. 2018, mastering, you have different mindsets. So traditionally, yeah, yeah. when you look at mastering from a whole project perspective, you know, you have a group of songs that's been done and, you know, mixed by different people, uh, different rooms, different isolated times, even if it's by the same person. What mastering is, is it brings a fresh perspective yeah. and a fresh ear and, and balances out all of those songs, taking to another level individually while still there's a kind of voice that cohesively brings it together then you deal with stuff like isrc and coding you deal with metadata you deal with uh ddp images um you know and and all of that kind of stuff and and when it comes to a master engineer there's also things like you know we have better knowledge how to make high quality mp3 uh Files and wave files and all of that. So, okay. mastering is more than making stuff louder. It comes with a lot of responsibility. Absolutely, and I would I would completely agree with that. And there's a lot of the technical side that goes into mastering a record. Uh, some people, so I I think some people. The question that I've gotten before is, do you need to have all the songs on your album done before you can master any one song? What would you say to that? Yes and no. Well, well, technically no, because you can. Um, if, if I'm working with somebody and they don't have all the songs, you know, they want to get, you know, they want to go ahead and pay. Yeah. And then get the process started. I'll tell them let's start on the singles first. Yeah. And then you know the the singles can kind of be a guidance and foundation for how the rest of the album. Me per. I like to have all of the songs because as a master engineer, I'm a bridge between the studio and the listener. So I want to experience the album as the listener. So I like for people to have all of the songs and the track was done that way because I have to do space in between the songs, fade in and fade out, all that kind of stuff. So I want to experience the album as a music listener and master engineer. The same way the album is. Yeah, absolutely. You, know what I'm so, you said something so important yeah. just now is that you're the bridge between the listener and the you're the last stage before the actual listener gets to hear the record. You know, so that is a yeah, like a yeah. huge responsibility you have, bro. Um it it's amazing, man. Like it's amazing to think about. I, I always call mixing the most important phase in the production phase. Like it's the most important yeah, that's thing. A fact. It's a mo- because yeah, and, and it's it's by way of this. It is you can break a record or you can make a record in the mixing phase. Like I, it can literally yeah. be broken or made. Like you ever, I'm sure you guys, the interns here, because my interns here are like these guys are artists themselves, right? So you know they can speak towards this where it's just like you've made a song and it sounded good in your head, but when you actually recorded it, it was like yeah, this is whack. You ever had that happen to you? Yeah, exactly. Well, not exactly always. It's just whack, but it's just night and day. It's like it it's night and day. Yeah, yeah, it just doesn't really. It's you know, it's not what I expected. But sometimes it turns out positively, sometimes negatively. But yeah, yeah it's always different. Yeah, you know, yeah. Once you get in the booth. It's different, and and I always you know tell artists it's like man, like you gotta learn this like riding a bike. It's like you know when you think about riding it is one thing, but when you actually ride it, you gotta get your reps in so you can be a better rider. So as you create music, once you've gone through the whole process of production recording mixing mastering and then you put it out and then you do it again the more times you get those whole cycle reps 
the better your writing actually becomes. When you're aware of the mixing and mastering and the, of the, the strength and importance of a good mix and master, you actually now can make a record the way you really, really want to make it because you know what, what power Kyren has. You know what power Eddie Magic has. You know what power Chris Belmont has when you're, when you're making the record, right? Uh, so I always say this, you know, mixing is the most important part. Mastering is super important because it, just like what Kyron said, it's the bridge between you and the listener. You know what I'm saying? Um, so let's let's get into some of these myths, man. Um, okay. And it's something that you and I were talking about earlier, which has prompted me to actually to be on the show, is how our industry is changing, obviously, where artists aren't making as much anymore on their music uh, with streaming and things like that. And they're not as... Um, they're not as motivated to pay full price for like mixing and mastering. And we have to find creative ways to bring it back to the forefront. Like, Hey man, like, um, this stuff is important. You know what I'm saying? So let's talk about some of the, the, um, the myths surrounding it. Cause when I work with artists, usually I'm working with them in a phase where they, their song isn't done. They actually just want to create their song and mixing and mastering is like not even on their mind. So tell, tell the listeners why mastering is so important to an artist trying to okay. create a project. Okay. Um, well, I mentioned that master or just master? Just, 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 you can actually include mixing because you mix too as well. So you can include that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All, these days, it's just doing equal, uh, equal amount of both, it seems like. Um, I, I would say for mixing a, a project is, like you said, that's the most important stage of it. So if you got an artist, that's the make or break stage right there. I've actually heard rough mixes from artists um, that were okay and the song was okay and by the time a mixer engineer actually got done with it um, then it became a whole new record. You know what I mean? Yeah, with post production yeah. work and all of that it actually I've actually worked with with a client last year um, where when him and his producer did the rough mix, he had a song and he hated it. Mm. But after I got done doing the mix and the final master became his final record on the album just because he was able to hear and feel everything yeah. and a lot better. So it's like, when it comes to mixing, people don't realize how well your record sells and gets radio played. Mm. You know what I mean? So um, it's, it's, when you look at the very top level, of, of mixing engineers, some of the A-list mixing engineers who are working on like Beyonce, Jay-Z, Justin Timberlake, Bruno Mars, whoever it might be, they're getting actual royalties off of the album sales. Yeah, like that's points on the album because they're actually looking at mixing engineers as basically music producers yep. in the process. Yep. So um, you got to understand when it comes to mixing the master and it's, it's people are... It, creatively adding to your vision so it's just more creative hands on it like the better the record yeah absolutely ends up being, and, the, and the more people enjoy it so and yeah it's, it's important it's creative absolutely and and as a producer man you're so vital like you are so vital to the process because you make you literally make sounds come alive like when anytime you watch these videos of how the song was created like you, you like your popular song that you really like a lot and you want to go on youtube and see how it was made and stuff you start to realize like when they're playing like one sound of the, of of one of the songs and they play another sound you start to realize oh man that's just a kick or that's just a sample that's just a snare by itself it's not as impressive but when it comes together and not only just come together like played together but also eq'd um, balanced, you know what I'm saying, compressed, limited, pulled back, pan, things like that. When those things are detailed in a way it, and you create space for all those instruments, it, it, it's it's almost like night and day, bro. Yeah, and one thing that's actually helped me uh, yeah, understand uh, mixing and mastering the whole process in general yeah. is I actually came up with my own analogy in the way I could think of it. Yeah. And this can coexist with the uh, whole cake analogy too. Yeah. But I also think that recording, I think of it as like the face of a pyramid. That's okay. something because like in with recording with the cake you need the right ingredients and you need them so yeah. you can actually transform it with mixing and mastering yeah and you also need the foundation like of a pyramid pyramid which is recording mm -hmm. to actually make something special yeah which is yeah. that's how i and that's made me like really uh 
learn it better and yeah. learn a lot. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's great. That's coming from an artist that's budding, a new artist that's coming out, starting to realize like, yo, these are the tools that I'm working with. This is what I have to deal with. This is what I need to value. You know what I'm saying? So let's talk a little bit about like some of the crazy stories that you and I have. And, and I'll start this out, uh, Kyren. Um, so, okay. so basically I've had, I've had this time <laughs> where um, I've mixed a record, right? With, with Eddie Magic. Shout out to Eddie Magic. And we've mixed the record 11 times, right? Now, that doesn't sound like a lot when you think about it, but this is no, a, that's a lot. That's a, a lot. 11. That's a lot. 11 edits. Not just, not just like, yo, not just take one vocal out, or I'm talking about full blown revisions on record. And like 11 different versions? 11 different versions of a song yeah that's that's insane i gave up yeah that's insane we almost did bro we almost did and and <laughs> it, it, it was insane and then when you go back to think about it when we got to a, a revision 11 this is funny yo when we got to revision 11 and we played revision we played the first revision they were like almost identical so we we basically went around the world and got back to where we started and guess is what? That, is that because y'all heard the record so much? Well, uh, from the artist's perspective, on revision two or three, we were good. Like, we were good to go. But the artists needed, you know, they needed to get it, like, to this place in their brain where it wasn't, you know? Which is fine, because um, we don't have no problem. But it's important. I, I say this story to say, like, as artists, it's important to really have, a like, a place you want to be. You know, a goal, like a sound that you're shooting for. And here's the here's the key right here. It has to be based in reality. It has to be based in reality. Like it's I know it sounds crazy for me to say that, but think about this. Like when I don't make movies. I don't I don't I never made a movie in my life. But I could put one together in my head. Anybody could. But if you never actually made a movie before, how do you know it's actually realistic that you can actually create something like what you think you want, you know? And that's why I always tell artists, like, have you tried what you're asking us to do? And those 11 revisions, Kyren, that I was talking about, that was the artist, the artist's journey to figure out that what they want wasn't actually real, you know? And a lot of times I'm just like, man, like, so how to combat that? Like, I, this is my feedback on how to actually combat that is sometimes you need to go through the artist just got to go through it they got to go through that journey and whatever your policies are or payment uh, uh plan is you kind of have to just make that journey with them but then there's some artists that hopefully this advice can help you references 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 in my opinion reference breaks up the ambiguity reference allows you and the producer or you and the mixing engineer you and the mastering engineer to have a destiny a hard destination it could be multiple references for one song actually i'd rather it be multiple references and if you say i want my record my record is in the same vein as this record i want it to sound like this record now you have a place you want to be and now we're talking from a place that is real that and then and then even before we even try it we can actually tell you well if that's what you want it to sound that's not realistic for this type of song yeah i actually i actually at, at this point in my career if i'm listening for somebody and they don't have a reference i'm not saying like a reference mix like either a reference mix but still i like two kind of references a reference mix mm -hmm. that that they or the tracking engineer have done or whoever producer whoever it may be and I actually like rap songs, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're talking about songs that's released. Like if that's not there, especially at least a reference song, two or three, like I won't do a mix mm -hmm. because artists think that when we tell an engineer, you know what, man, just go ahead and do what you do what you do and uh, and kill it and do your thing. That's actually kind of like that can go well, but it can go terrible because if they don't have any kind of vision. When you send it to him, that was, you know, I really wanted my vocals to sound like this Drake song. Like, why didn't you tell me that in the first place? Yeah. And we could have annihilated all of that. You oh, know? yeah. So, the ambiguity. And this, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. this goes back to something we talked about in a different podcast when we talked about, um, you know, being able to use references as a way to 
help bring the artist and producer together so that when I say bright, your bright means the same bright as me. Or when I say dark, your dark yep. means the same dark as me. That's what references do. It allows you to have a yep. common ground uh, to work off. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to turn the floor over to you, man, and talk about any crazy stories that you've had in the mixing and mastering uh, process, any weird situations that you've been in. Like, just talk about that for a second. Like Any, any situations you could tell us, you're allowed to tell us? Oh, crazy, crazy position. I know I put you on the spot. I think the craziest, yeah, I think the, as far as mixing, I think the craziest thing is probably um, being sent in a song that has like 228 tracks. Woo! Probably, probably the craziest thing. Yeah. I'll, 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 That's I'll, like movie soundtrack. I'll deny that. Yeah, yeah, I had to deny it because I, I just, I just, I, I, I didn't have the time. And uh, what's the genre? It was hip hop. It was rap. A rap but the song, song had different transitions in it. It, 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 it switched up. It didn't just stay the same uh, the whole time. But actually, it switched up. But it was just like my computer at the time was, was just, it, man, it just crashed <laughs> <laughs> trying to do all of that. Like you there was it. no amount of plugins, the CPU, yeah. Man. Wow. It was over with, so I just I had to I had to respectfully um, deny that. As far as mastering the craziest thing, uh, I'm trying to think. You know, mastering isn't as complex as mixing, so no. I'm, I'm trying to think of the. I'm trying to think. Probably the craziest thing in mastering is just people having terrible mixes and wanting you to make them into a five star mix. There you go. That's probably the craziest thing. Talk about uh, it. Because a lot of times people think bad mixes can be made into great niches at the mastering. And, no. you know, I, probably the craziest thing is when, people, when I hear people say, well, we, you know, we didn't work as hard as we could because we know you'll, you'll kill it. And I'm like, no, man, work as hard as you can and I'm going to work as hard as I can yeah. to make this record sound great. So, absolutely. And, mass, and then piggyback off of what y'all said earlier, like for the artists that are recording at home and then sending that stuff off, you know, to to a company like Jyrocking, rather Jyrocking or whatever, they gotta realize that when when you're a cheapskate on the vocal chain, that sometimes you suffer in the end. Rappers yeah. can get by with not having a strong vocal chain, but for people that are singing and recording like acoustic guitars and stuff, like you gotta invest in the like quality microphones. Mm -hmm preamps, interface, cables, and room treatment. Because if not, there's no way, prime example, if you got a singer, let's say an up-and-coming R&B slash kind of pop singer, mm -hmm. looking up to somebody like Beyonce, there's no way you're going to be able to get a Beyonce sounding vocal yep. on a crappy setup yep. that's recorded for you. Yep. There's no way. Yep. You know what I mean? Her, vocal, her vocals might be ran through a $20,000 chain mm -hmm. just on her vocals. Yep. You know what I mean? And, and you can sound like that for a lot less, but if you don't have high-quality components in that, then it's over with. So Absolutely. you got to start at the source. And Actually, I, recording is really one of the most important stages yeah, in the process. Yeah. I would say recording is like real close second to mixing because the thing is, is that it's, it's a chain. Like it, it's, it's like a train. Like every phase helps the other phase you know what i'm saying uh and I, I look at it like this production wise i would say production is probably the lowest of importance and it sounds crazy for me to say this because you know especially when we're dealing with urban music like people are most attracted to that part of it but I, the reason why i say it's not as important because i've seen a whack beat be made made to something amazing by the artist like some of these songs that you love you take the artist out of it and it just doesn't it doesn't sound the same it doesn't have the same energy like the artists themselves or vice versa or vice versa yeah <laughs> so that's why i say like with the record the writing and the re recording those aren't as important as the mix and mastering because the thing is is that we can make or break the record like what you thought was important when you created it if the mixing guy doesn't make it important it's not gonna be important and the listener's gonna tell you know, and they're just going to take it at face value. They'll be like, oh, the record's whack. You know, um, 
I would say this, man. I'd even one up, not not one up you, but add on to what you said, Kyron. And I would be like, yo, I've been at like big studios with the most like most expensive equipment, Neve board, you know what I'm saying? SSL, whatever. Say it again. Yeah. No, I was saying like the reason mixing as well as the most important stage because for for artists who are buying beats off of mine, let's say you got a rapper. Yeah. That's buying beats off mine. That producer is that's not a real working relationship with most producers. Most of the time you buy the beat, rather yeah. so these beats are exclusive. You buy, get the track out to the beat. Yeah. You know, you pay, get the track out to the beat, and that's the only communication yeah. you got. So all the all the production responsibility is left on the mission engineer because they're the ones that have the one on one contact yeah. with the artist. So now yeah. mission is embodying things. That isn't even mixing. Now I'm mixing and then it's like making song arrangements. Yeah. It's like, that's not mixing. That's the crazy thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? The, so. the crazy thing about it is that the, produ- the, 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 the mixing engineer turns into some like someone like the producer. Because it's, in hip-hop, yeah. when you have people buying beats online, the producer really isn't the producer anymore. Because the definition that I've always come up with for a producer is the person that's responsible for the sound of the record that's a real producer but these yep. these producers aren't they're beat makers they're they're just like they're equivalent to like what we call back in the days just just studio musicians they're people that come in they play something for you they kill it they give you their tracks and they're their goodbye you know give me, i just want my credit that's it that's what the yep. nowadays urban producers are so it's left upon the actual <clears throat> excuse me producers to make all the big decisions for the record like yo take that instrument out oh you know what say that that way oh you know what we need to bring the fader down on that one hey we need to eq that so we just cut all the lows out on that you know and then now now it becomes those are the real voices that actually make the record what it is um so what i was going to add on to what you were saying before kyren is that you said yo man it's like the chain that you have you can't really do it in your bedroom or your living room or your or your basement and, and expect to have the same vocals. I would also say you can even go to a major studio with that equipment. And if you have a bad engineer, you still ain't going to get what you need. Because if it's not used yep. properly, the equipment is not used properly to record it uh, with the right headroom, with the right kind of, um, if you have any uh, uh, um, uh, EQ uh, coming in or things like that, if it's not done properly, the right mics aren't used, the right preamps ain't used, those settings then handing it off to the mixing engineer and the mastering engineer they can't really create something out of nothing it's hard to make doo-doo smell good what i would say is someone with tools to build the house but without knowledge too good to build that house is useless exactly that's that's how i would and that's what it is that's why you need it all like and i always tell artists like you know and it just encourage you artists that are listening here like you may listen to this podcast and be like oh my god like these guys are talking about all kinds of stuff that i need i don't have the money to pay for it i don't have the resources to actually where can i find that and i would say well first of all you need to call us uh that's one but two is to be honest man like this is to help your career and i would say this there's always an affordable option don't ever talk yourself out of it there's always an affordable option to release the records properly the way kyran and myself are talking about whereas using the right chain using the right producer get an actual producer yeah you can buy your beats but get an actual producer to help you create the record record it in a studio with good equipment yes you can record your demos at home yes you can even record final vocals um that you really like and it, as long as you have the right equipment at home, you can do it at home. But get a real mixing engineer to mix the record. Get a real mastering house to master the record so that you can really... Because here's the thing. All your friends and family will be like, yo, the song is dope. But when you start sending it to radio, when labels start getting wind of it, they're going to tell. Trained professionals know the difference between a good mix and a good master. You may not know right now, eventually you will but right this second if you send your record that's not mixed properly and you think it's fire it it's it, you, you wonder why are people not calling you back if that's the reason and, and, and in a way i also think sometimes even regular everyday music listeners can yeah. actually like decipher that but yeah. not in like obviously they're not gonna be talking about eq they can't maybe i can't articulate it yeah, yeah but yeah. also you know what they say and i've heard this a lot it doesn't sound professional 
or like it doesn't like the, and that's that's where it comes in because like they're so they consume so much uh mainstream music at the highest quality yeah they so when the they difference. hear something yeah it's like it's night and day like yeah. i just said so they can they can honestly decipher it and that's important if they if they think it's professional that's good but if they don't they're not gonna yeah. be listening to it i've heard that before that's uh -huh. a good point i've yeah. actually heard that like just everyday people just say yo that's not that's not professional yeah or oh, we've come up with this term in hip-hop soundcloud rapper yeah a soundcloud rapper now is somebody that isn't that either didn't get their mix done properly didn't record it properly they're just showing their talent the best way they could on a platform that's really easy to get on right uh but i can tell you and i could probably speak for kyren in this situation we're not soundcloud mixing engineers or, or mastering engineers not at all that's not how we brand ourselves what's up bro i wanted to talk about um you guys were talking about cutting costs on things yeah and i know for mastering it's a program called lander where you could Lander. Yeah, we were just talking about that, Kyron, right? Lander? Uh, yeah, I want to know what y'all... Yeah, man, Lander is the devil, man. <laughs> he, he said it's the devil? Yes, man. It, it's... it's, <laughs> it, it's a, it, I feel like it's a good tool, but I feel like... Like, for the SoundCloud rappers, like, prime example, you know what I'm saying? Like, I have people that I've, I've worked with, and they just wanted to just get a single out real quick, mm. and they use something like, like the Lander algorithm. And then by time for the album, they'll come and, and send it to me and say, okay, we want this. I, but I, I think at the end of the day, if people think that a computer, like the thing about music, music is emotion. You know what I mean? Like it has yeah. feeling to it. So a, a digital algorithm does not have a brain and heart and soul to it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel, you know what I mean? Like it, 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 when a song come on, it don't remind them of their favorite record when it was like five years old. And yeah. they make the decision like this need to feel like that. It's, just, it's not a comparison. Huh? So but, yeah, and but I, something quick and to save money yeah. is cool, but it's, it's it's not a comparison. Yeah, and, and and here's the thing: you said something that is so valuable in what you said. I don't even know if you realize what you said. You said the word algorithm. That's the difference between services like that and a real mastering human being. An algorithm. In my opinion, and yeah, you may say, you know, I'm talking about, you know, get off my lawn, I'm old or whatever. But a robot ain't going to replace a mixing engineer. A robot is not going to replace a mastering engineer. A robot can't replace a... This is, you know what, you know, and I watch a lot of like um, TED Talks and uh, 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 videos on futurism and what the type of technologies that are just like coming up like the next 10, 20, 30 years. And there's a lot of jobs that people are going to lose through automation. Like there's a lot of robots that are gonna be created to do people's like jobs. And a lot of those jobs are like assembly line type jobs, jobs that are kind of brainless or whatever. But you know what the jobs that they are, that people are still predicting that won't go away? Creative jobs. Creative jobs yep. will never die. Humans, until they create an AI that's just or smart or smarter than a human, which I don't know if we'll ever get to that point, you cannot, and even if they are smart they're still a robot they, they're not human so yeah so mastering platforms like that to me will never be good as 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 mastering engineers can ever do because just like what kyron said it's an algorithm they base and you know what else mastering on, on that too on popular songs like an algorithm but go ahead yeah on, on that too another benefit if in a situation where the artist is doing their own mixing or you have a mixing engineer, like, prime example, you know, me and Eddie been working together three and a half years. Like, there's times where Eddie would just send me a mix just to get feedback on. Yeah. And I'll get some feedback on and say, hey, bro, you can do this, this, and that. You know what I mean? Or vice versa. Yeah. You can give me yeah. real feedback to strengthen the master. You can't do that with a computer program. Yeah. Just can't. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not, it's, it's set in stone. They got three, four different algorithms and they're going to get that, and that's that. It's, yeah. it's not really customized to the the sound and feel of your record. Like, yeah. it's just you won't get what they decided in general. So it's just, it can't compare. Yeah, you can't use robot means to to uh, move other humans. Like, if you're trying to move robots, then fine. But if you're trying to move humans, because that's what your song is trying to do. You're trying to move other humans. You know, you're trying to affect yeah. other humans humans emotions with your music so that's why i say you know only a human can really be sensitive to like an eq that needs to thump because they want that particular frequency to hit you in your chest 
And that's something that I believe a human being that understands and has the mind capacity and experience to actually pull it off. That's what the master engineer would do. He'll get a good mix, but he'd be like, you know what? This mix is a, a song that's East Coast hip hop. It's boom bap, right? I need to feel the boom. I need to feel it. So let's tune, let's see where that kick is hitting at. Let's boost that frequency. Let's create some sort of compression around it and so that it hits you emotionally in that space. And that's something that I don't think a computer can do um, at this point. But that's a great question though. That's a great question. I, I know a lot of people use those platforms because it's cheap and it's and it's easy and it's like you get it back fast and things like that. So anyway, we're, we're running over time, man. I just want to thank you for being a part of the show, uh, Kyren. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, yeah, no problem. No for problem. sure, man. Yeah, I know I called you with your family and everything. So tell your wife I said thank you for letting us borrow you for a little bit. Uh, and I appreciate you being a part of uh, of Jairocking for all these years. And you're going to be still a part of Jairocking for the foreseeable future, man. So I appreciate you. Yeah, yeah, no no problem, man. And, and yeah, they definitely should, should hit the team up. And if the people, uh, and I can, you know, I'm down to, with people too so i'm on i'm on all social yeah, media yeah, yeah. yeah shout your stuff at, out at, at, at kyronmontero and the, the website is kyronmontero.com so they can actually check out like real real before and after the, the yeah. uh philosophy on there it's a, it's a you can see who i work with it's a, it's a, it's a pretty, pretty uh resourceful website so yeah. check it out and you got a long resume too man so let's just spell out the website for me one more time uh www KyronMontero.com is K-Y-R-E-N-M-O-N-T-E-I-R-O.com. Yes, yes. There you go. There you go. Kyron, appreciate you, brother. All right, man. All, right. All right. Later. All right. Right. That was my man, Kyron Montero. Um, cool dude. Also, you know what I'm saying? Like extremely talented mastering engineer mixing engineer i'm happy to be a part of his team as well as he's a part of our team uh all of our records go through him so anything that you've heard us do put out uh mix master whatever the master is, is done by him um so yeah man yeah what do you guys think of it was good oh yeah indiana he's all in the midwest he's deep you said what oh he's deep oh yeah yeah, man, it was, it was it was fun having him on the show, man. So, yeah, man. So I I hope that the the things that the questions that and the answers that we got into today about mixing and mastering, some of the myths and all that stuff uh, that we talked about today was informative to you guys. I just want to remind you guys if you guys are looking for mixing and mastering, hit us up jrocken.com, j a h r o c k n.com. Follow us on social media. That's at Jairocken, at J-A-H-R-O-C-K-N.com. And we appreciate you listening to the show, and peace. We out the building.